How's the resemblance? <laughs> well, from the waist down, very different. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so glad Hey Mickey isn't joining us. <laughs> that would have been a great time for him to pop on the call. So, uh, why was this episode called Deja Q? Because they need Q puns. So we'll so they she couldn't find anything that matched the episode at all, so they just punted, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, yeah, it didn't really have anything to do with Deja. Is this like his second appearance or something? No. I mean, right. So then, this see now, this the episode. See that that episode where uh, they kept looping. Should have had Q in it and called that one Deja Q. Right, that would have made sense. But then you give the ending away. Hi, Mickey. Hey. Well, okay, look, I think you would have realized that uh, something was going on as soon as the first loop happened. Not necessarily. No, the viewers. Not necessarily. I mean, these are the same viewers that eventually go on to watch all of Voyager, so... Did they? <laughs> There's a predisposition towards stupidity. Okay, there's a difference, slight difference between stupidity and self-destructive habits. I don't know. <laughs> I think you can boil most self-destructive habits down to stupidity. This podcast, for instance. Yeah. Over and over again. So does that mean Paladin and Ken are the smart ones? I can't live in a world where that's the case. <laughs> like, I'm not necessarily going to say no, but if that is the case, I may have to go contemplate where the nearest tall cliff is. <laughs> well... Luckily, you're in Tennessee, so... <laughs> of course, I'm in, you know, the Tennessee Valley area, so I have to kind of make a little trip to get anywhere tall. Or you, you hike up one of the hills, you die of a heart attack on the hike up. That's probably more likely to happen. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to commit suicide. Gosh, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, it's about to be, like, the warm part of spring. Because, uh, you know, it totally hasn't been since December already. Um mm -hmm. I could just go outside and wait for the trees to start emitting gallons of pollen and just wait to asphyxiate. That's true. <laughs> just, like, a, like the dead body you see on Everest. They're just covered up. Yeah, it's like been this yellow crust. all over the place recently. <laughs> right. My van had a nice sheen of yellow over it the entire mm, thing until Fort it Max, rained that a wasn't couple pollen. days ago. That's tree bukkake. So pollen? No, no, I'm saying somebody peed on your van. Podcasts, The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents... 
that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Look, look, don't kink shame the Vulcan. Hey, Mickey. Every week is Ponfora Quarks. Scott. Look, all black Vulcans look the same to me. And Fort Max. Look, we know you want to give multiple men your Vulcan stick. you guys want to do then well we're doing this episode this week on that one episode of star trek <laughs> okay <laughs> just checking i didn't know if there was like a like a plan b or <laughs> there's never a plan b what do you think this is some kind of organized show or a or a pharmacy well, the show is kind of an abortion so maybe it is a plan b oh my god <laughs> this no, is gonna be a no, great no, episode no mickey that's not until tomorrow morning <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds in, we're already on the abortion jokes. Uh, but they were still born, so it works out. Okay, I quit. I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do honestly miss Paladin sometimes, but Scott's trying really hard to bring that same caliber of humor to the show as he did. <laughs> Take that as you will. Yeah. Uh, so our episode this week is Deja Q from Season 3 of Next Generation, an episode that Mickey doesn't like because it is just not discussable, but is actually a very good show. I think it's fucking rad. I love this episode. It's funny. There's, like, stuff that happens in it. It's well-written. I would hope there's stuff that happens in it. It's an episode of a TV show. Yeah, I, I understand but... that's not, like, guaranteed proof, but more often than not... Yeah, how many episodes we watched recently where it's just like, oh my god, nothing's happening. <laughs> well, when was the last time we watched Enterprise? Uh, yeah. Today. Oh, what episode <laughs> are you up to? No wonder you're in a shitty mood. Uh, it was one where Archer realizes he wants to fuck to Paul. Got to be more and specific. His, and, and his dog has, like, puppy aids or something. Is that the Night in Sickbay episode? I don't remember the name of it was. This one where they offended those people again because the dog pissed on their trees. Yeah. And so they, his dog got, like, space aids. <laughs> and then, like, the doctor says that you want to fuck to Paul. And so he puts that idea in his head. So he spends the rest of the episode thinking about how much he wants to bone her. And she's like, no. Have you gotten to the episode <laughs> yet where uh, um, they're going to the black hole and everybody gets obsessive compulsive disorder? Doesn't ring oh, a bell. Yeah. That okay. was funny, too. That? How? Oh, I remember that one. That one was... It Radiation. was a dumb premise, but it was funny. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. That explains everything. Yeah, it's, it's the, uh, you know, modern Star Trek standby. Radiation did it. It's kind of like Marvel Comics in the 60s. How did everyone get their powers? Radiation! Gam gamma rays. Yeah. Or radioactive <laughs> spider bites. Or just Radi generic cosmic rays. Spider or blood. Spider blood. Radioactive spider blood. Spider blood. Or cans of radioactive ways to hit you in the eyes that make you go blind but make you hear good. And also make turtles. <laughs> yes. Well, Heroes in a half shell. It doesn't really make turtles. It just changes existing turtles. Turtle I mean, modification. I mean, it modified them pretty well since those were turtles living in a bowl of water and then they you know, became, like, land-dwelling. <laughs> right. 
Dude, that should have been the uh, secret twist to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They just all died because they were out of the water too long. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, I it's don't know. That... They live in the sewers. Uh... And they go through lots of lotion, but I think it's because they're teenage mutant turtles, not because they're just trying to stay hydrated. No? Oh, man, that was a good one. All right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, masturbation. Oh. <laughs> well, despite my better judgment, Scott, why don't you take us through the episode? Woohoo! Alrighty. Now, unfortunately, I cannot speak like John DeLancey, because if I could, I wouldn't be sitting here with you losers. I'd be rich and famous. I you mean, can get yeah. doughy like John DeLancey. Oh. Way ahead of you, way ahead of you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> My wife's a pastry chef. And, well, putting on a wedding ring is like pulling a ripcord on a raft. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, sound and then... See, I think that's the... why they advise you to buy a wedding ring that costs, what, uh, three, four months of salary. You're spending so much money paying it off again that you can't afford to eat for a while. <laughs> right. Alrighty. So we open up and we're. And this is the new edition, at least on Netflix. So the special effects are fucking gorgeous. All right. So yeah, Brown is there. They they switched to the HD ones well over a year ago. Yeah, these are. I just love the special yeah, effects. Yeah. So like the um, the effects in this in this opening shot specifically are what was shot for the fir- the original version of the episode, but it's so much more clearly detailed now. Um, that asteroid model is just like beautifully sculpted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's not just a close up of Michael Dorn's nose; it's actually like like a model. Yeah, sculpture, fiberglass, maybe. I mean, the man's got pores like gopher holes. That's all I'm trying. You know to what? Say. Maybe they just grabbed the fiberglass mountain wall from Star Trek Five, <laughs> and you know had that sitting up close to the camera and. Yes. All right, so we open up, and we have the Enterprise around a big, rocky asteroid in front of a beautiful blue planet. Uh, so apparently the Enterprise is here to help this Federation species. Their asteroid, Moon, which is, you know, kind of like Mars has moons that are just captured asteroids. Well, this one suddenly, for no apparent reason, has decided to tumble out of its orbit and is going to crash into the planet in, like, two orbits. A question. Is this the second season of Symphogear? Wrong What's audience for that for, Max. <laughs> Did you bring enough for everybody for the whole class, or are you just going to let that fucking reference sit there? I mean, I'm glad you think that's funny, but let us in, lady. Come on. Uh, it's just an anime about magical girls punching things real hard. No, that's called Sailor Moon. They punch things with love. This is punching things with friggin' super robot fists or something. All right. That's Gurren Lagan. That's also not Magical Girls. All right. So we uh, we uh, open up on the bridge, and Picard is talking to the race of anus mouth people. I mean, these guys look, they look, I can't tell if they look like buttholes or they look like catfish people. They have fish lips. It's I have very to, disturbing. I have to assume they have a mostly liquid diet. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So they're like, talking maybe to these, like maybe these people are like uh, you know evolved from whales 
and they just kind of you know swim along and filter baleen, filter ba- filter through baleen, get like krill and stuff out of the water. I like the idea better that it evolved from catfish. Where they when they eat something, there's this this, this plate of mud they suck up. I mean, it's all basically the same concept, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all get lied by get laid by lying to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I get that reference. Uh, all right, so they're basically talking to the 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 FEMA of these aliens, they're, they're emergency people, and they're like, look, this asteroid hits, it's going to hit the western continent and destroy millions of acres and thousands of people will be slightly inconvenienced. You've got to save us. So I have some conceptual problems here. Oh, I figure oh, we might as well pause go, it. Figure, <laughs> might as well get this <laughs> no, out no, of the way now. We have all the time in the world now. Go ahead. Okay, so this is a society that's technologically advanced enough to have you know, regular contact with the Federation, uh, whether or not they're a member of the Federation themselves. So shouldn't that imply that, A, they have warp travel to, you know, uh, be a candidate for contact in the first place, and that they should have ships which they could use for their own relief efforts? I don't think that this planet of rando McRandoms is going to have a starship or the technology equivalent to the peak of Federation technology and their flagship. Well, they don't have to have technology equivalent to, like, you know, the Federation flagship. Just, like, 20 or 30 junkers they could throw up there to have work together and, you know, try to do uh, something. That is... Now, I have okay, to... Okay, uh... Oh, boy, here we I go. It's not... I... I seriously doubt that Earth itself has enough ships on hand to evacuate Oh, no, Earth. I'm not talking about evacuation. I'm talking about get a bunch of little ships with tractor beams up there and just, you know, do a cumulative effort. Well, they would, but it's the Sabbath. <laughs> I didn't realize this whole episode took place on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's in the uh, memory beta, if you want to. Oh, okay. Right. It's in the novelization of the episode. It's a six-part set, uh, about 600 pages each, but man, it's worth it. it well, uh... Actually, their Saturday lasts like three Earth years. <laughs> Because the planet's rotation is very slow, so it's right. like it's like Japan's Golden Week. Yes. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that they only pick a handful of their people to not hibernate during that period, and you see the four members of their species that stay awake during that period right now. <laughs> They're the atheists of the planet. <laughs> of course, atheists had to stick around and save the fucking day from everybody else. Right. So basically, my issue is it just seems like these people should have a technological sophistication of to like try to you know, solve some of their problems themselves. Um, apart from that, though, I'm pretty good on the conceptual side of this episode, as we'll get to I, in a I would uh, imagine that they already tried, and it didn't work. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're like Paclids. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's why their moon is falling out of orbit in the first place. Because they suck so hard and pulling shit out of space? Like, maybe it's just a bunch of bullshit that this moon was originally orbiting their planet wait, wait. to start with. So, uh, wait... What? Are you are you doing Wait. a Brian Savage joke? Moving on. Um, <laughs> no, so like maybe, about Oklahoma. So maybe it's uh, you know a total lie that this moon was ever in a proper orbit around their planet. Maybe they decided to send their ships to a nearby asteroid belt, bring one back to mine or something. They tried to put it in an orbit and they <laughs> fucked it up. They stole it from another planet. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and then well, they, they were jealous of Earth's bitchin' waves, so <laughs> they needed a moon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. There's a native Saiyan population. <laughs> uh, no, moving on. Either All that right. or there were there was or there was just one Saiyan and they needed something to replace their old moon that broke. <laughs> uh, uh. So the aliens have have heartily imparted the gravity of the situation, no pun intended, uh, to Picard. <laughs> that that honestly was not intended. I swear to Sagan, that was not intended. <laughs> I think Amy can get up and walk away and clam the door. <laughs> I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go join him. Alright. Alright, Fort Max, it's me and you, sister. Alright. I so... need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so he goes so Picard calls down to Jordan and goes, You're the engineer, fix this. So Jordy starts rambling off all the stuff like, well, we could do this, we could do that, but basically our ship doesn't have the power, the strength, or the mass to actually do anything, but we can try. Okay, so something so, I really like about this episode is they actually use realistic orbital mechanic terminology yes. in how they're approaching this problem. They get one thing I believe fundamentally wrong in how they try to solve it, but, like, they are really trying to get the the phrasing of all this correct scientifically. Yeah, I, I really do think this is the most excellently written uh, TNG episodes. I mean, just, I'm watching this going, just, this is, this is so, so what tight. what is the one thing they get fundamentally wrong? Okay, so they talk about how, uh, basically, they're going to try to uh, adjust the moon's orbit at its lowest point in its orbit, at its perigee. That's right. backwards, from my understanding, to extend the low side of the orbit out, you would push it from its highest point. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Theoretically, uh, you. theoretically, you can adjust an orbit from any point in the orbit, but to do it from the wrong point takes tremendously more energy than to do it from Yeah, because when it's further point. away, it's going to have less impact, somewhat less impact, well, less pull from the planet. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine the writers kind of just misinterpreted the concept where like, yeah. they got to the point where the perigee is the lowest and therefore fastest point in the orbit, and they figured, you know, you push it from there, you get a boost from the planet's gravity, but that's not how Sling, it actually slingshot works. Slingshot effect. Yeah. I, uh, now, I, if you, now, if you were trying to push it into the planet... Oh, yeah, so if they, <laughs> if they wanted to circularize the orbit so it was only 500 kilometers away on the other side, too, yes, they're doing exactly <laughs> the right thing. <laughs> Man, that'd be a beautiful night sky, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Are we playing Zelda? What the fuck is that in the sky? <laughs> All right, so, so yeah, they uh, a little bit. I, I don't. Want, I hesitate to say techno babble because all the things they're saying are actually, you know, sensical. Um, More or less, it's not so, shit they're making up. No, no. I mean, all, like, like they're basing the concept in real science, sense. right? So Riker's like, well, fuck. It's either what Jordy said, we have a slim chance or no chance at all. So let's do that. And Picard's like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm standing here, but whatever. I mean, uh, hell, I'd want to try it just to see if it's possible. Yeah. So, so the uh, Enterprise locks on a tractor beam and starts uh, trying to push and pull and conjole it, but they just simply don't have the energy. And poor Jordy's like, you're going to tear the ship apart. Stop it. <laughs> You're going to break the things. The things that make us go. Jordy's <laughs> all like wringing his hands like, we're already 1% over like Starfleet tolerance and I'm, we're breaking the rules. And he starts sweating profusely. 
What if <laughs> what if Starfleet Command hears about this that I broke the rules? And then suddenly And then suddenly the most annoying sound in the universe begins permeating the bridge. Paladin's oh the podcast here. starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Scott. Let's talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Intro quote. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. So that's so going to be his permanent intro quote from now on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's this ear splitting noise, uh, which is soon followed by a flash of light, and then John Delancey, nude, hovering in midair, doing a lazy dab, and then he falls to the ground unceremoniously. And we get to see a little bit of butt crack, just to say. And then he lands on the ground, apparently on his erect penis, because he's kind of at an angle. It's like a, it's like a kickstand. And he looks up at Picard with his tongue out with the most lurid <laughs> look Red I've ever seen. <laughs> he lands and says, Red alert. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, how can you not love this episode? Hey, Nikki. He didn't say he didn't love the episode. He just said he doesn't care about talking about the episode. <laughs> yeah. There's no problems with this episode. It's just... And I think you want that's us Mickey's to shut up so you can it. watch it. No, it's just like one of those episodes where it's just sort of... It's sort of you just for want itself. to get back and watch it. Why talk about it? Just watch it and watch the magnificence of the episode. I'm saying there's a reason why we don't talk about the best of both worlds because it is one of the best episodes in the series. Well, half of it is. It, you know, so talking about it feels kind of redundant. We could talk about the second half of Best of Both Worlds. That's a much weaker episode than the first part. Anyway, I mean, you know, I mean, like now, I mean, I can change the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm easy, guys. I can. We know. Yeah, well, thank God you didn't know me in my 20s. I've heard the stories. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, yeah, yeah the, we, we have someone here who did know you in, the, in his 20s. But and in what? the 20s, too, because we're old. Yes. Yeah, we were uh, we were flappers together, and uh, we, we, we ran a speakeasy. In All Mickey's right. basement, so, right. Uh, pretty much. That ties into some of the other stories. Which is falling apart then. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, All right, so we we get back from the intro. Hooray! And Picard's doing his monologue of like, well, we have a big problem. Well, why is Wesley in the opening credits? He's not even in this episode. uh, He he was around for half of season three. The, The better half? He was around for half of season three. Okay. All right. So Picard's saying, oh, we have big problems. Also a big asteroid. So Jordy's over the bridge explaining, look, I'm doing everything I can. I'm giving her all she's got. I kind of changed the laws of physics. I'm doing everything I can and breaking a rule or two. Right. Which that, is, like, that's his oh. big thing right now. I'm breaking rules. Yes. So then we kind of cut over, and there's uh, there's Q standing in the ugliest uh, uniform clothing ever seen. Also, John Delancey's enormous package is bulging out. <laughs> it's not 
I don't know. It's not quite uh, R5. So I assume, you know, on a Q, there's that little curly Q thing that sticks out the, the side of it. I guess that's the part of him. That's his little, his little Q at the bottom of the Q, the little line. I like that his first line of dialogue is to complain about his clothing. Yeah. <laughs> these, aren't, these aren't my colors. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, those shouldn't be anybody's colors. No. Like the gray is, you know, not so offensive, but that green that they pair with it. Yeah, that, if you had red criminal. hair. Yeah, if you had red hair, it might look good on him, but it does not it does not look well. But I like the fact that that green looks like a couch. It it does. <laughs> yes, and who wants to wear a couch? <clears throat> Romulans. No, they want to wear the, they want to wear the um, the throw cover, <sighs> the slip cover for the couch. So Q is like, you know, Picard's like, "What the fuck are you doing? What the shit? Fix this shit. Why are you here? Oh fuck, you caused the, the asteroid. Put the back, damn it! Stop yeah. playing with the moon." You made me stub my toe on my counter the other night, you fucker. <laughs> so then John Delancey, uh, Q, I keep wanting to call him John Delancey, I can't help it. Uh, so Q just stands there, puts his hands on his hips, and just lets everyone bask in the glow of his crotch. <laughs> as he tries to explain to everybody, look, I don't have my powers. Do you think I would humiliate myself like this? Come on, I, I, I honestly don't have my powers. So <laughs> Riker is having none of it, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I I like the if it was for part of a joke, one of your jokes, you would. Yeah, you'd basically do anything just to fuck with us, and we know that. He's a lumpy human being. <laughs> lumpy. <laughs> yes, we can uh, see some of that right now. <laughs> yeah, there's especially there's one particular lump. <laughs> All right, so as it kind of goes, the, the Q continue and get tired of his shit. They fired our, him. They fired him. <laughs> uh, they disowned him, or whatever the continuum does, and said, all right, you can pick any mortal creature in the universe, and that's what you're going to be. And the only thing he could think of was a human. <laughs> he apparently had, like, half of a second. Well, that's an eternity for a Q. True. Yeah. So he cho- chose to be a human And to come the to the Enterprise, Enterprise because that's right. where his friends are. Yeah, and we get the fantastic scene of the hand hand palm Picard meme. Well, one of them. Yeah, well, one of them, which is a good one because I love the fact that he's like holding his hand, his head, and then when he looks up, like <laughs> over his head, so fucking funny looking. Like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So Data pulls out a tricorder and scans and goes, "Yeah, he's reading his human." Which I'm thinking, well, that doesn't. Who cares? Because if he's Q, he can trick a tricorder but even uh even but troy you can't goes trick a oh. fish wait no that's yeah. the wrong reference that's tune you can't tune a you can't tune your friends um yeah you can auto tune them though i bet you could i don't think i have that filter actually oh we well, should i would yeah, probably so auto-tuned. no i'd auto tune fort max that'd be funnier <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got it? clips of Fort Max singing too. I've got you know I've got the material. I just need the filter. Oh my god! All right, so Q's and like, hey, what? my singing is actually more understandable than the original. Yes, the original's in Japanese. It no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> All right, so. You're still trying to convince him. Picard's like, you're full of shit. Riker's like, you're full of shit. Troy's like, no, I'm sensing he's terrified. How rude. Yeah. And then uh, and, and Picard's like, 
And he's accused like, like, well, how can I prove you that I'm mortal? And Worf just looks over and goes, die. die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very clever, Worf. Eating any good books lately? Okay, Q. Lately? lately? You, okay, Q, you want to be treated like a human? Worf, throw him in the brig. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I love how fucking just turgid Worf is to do this. <laughs> He, he does the Picard maneuver, walks around, grabs him by the arm, and drags him off the bridge. You will walk or I will carry you. <laughs> Although it was being cute. Now I'm, I'm imagining more princess carrying uh, no. Q out to, the, out to the brig. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because honestly, I figured Q would have preferred that. That way he didn't have to walk. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't like so it here. Could... I'm claustrophobic. Yeah, he complains about being claustrophobic <laughs> in her turbo lift. I lo- See, it's just those little quick lines that I like to assume that, that John Delancey just ad-libbed. And they kept them because they're awesome. Could be. All right, so, so he starts pacing I, around. I like to imagine that any episode, any Q episode script was like uh, any, uh, was like a lot of scrub scripts where just had a line or whatever John Delancey says. Right. <laughs> So he's pacing around the turbo lift, whining about being mortal again. He's worried about losing his hair, which, if you've seen John Delancey recently... Yeah, it's not oh, an unfounded concern, is it? <laughs> yeah, compare <laughs> season... Receding hairline. Yeah, compare season one John Delancey to season three, and you can already see that happening. Right. So he's worried about catching diseases and being ticklish, and he's worried about sneezing. And having to In bathe. It. While looking at Worf. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. Smells like lilacs. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, Worf is, is, is always as, as empathic as possible. Just says, too bad. <laughs> so sad. Worf would be the best ship's counselor. They didn't have an episode where Troy appeared to die so he could take over her job, too. He would look good in her bodysuit, I gotta say. <laughs> now, you gotta put him in the uh, the blue dress. Oh, Yeah. I think that would set off his eyes. I, I you, <laughs> always figured a red command uniform would go better with his eyes. Uh, so Q was like, "Well, oh, shit, I shouldn't have picked human. I should have picked Klingon. Klingons are awesome. I mean, they're warriors and stuff. And just like me, I've got a warrior's heart." <laughs> sure. Uh, and he's continuing to whine about being in, like, being confined. Worf has the most restrained oh my god I want to choke this bitch look in his face be quiet yeah this is when Worf regrets that he used up his one wish to just throw Q in jail (laughs) there's like a Klingon god somewhere going check (laughs) (laughs) that's right Klingons were up and killed their gods because they were more trouble than they were worth alright so for some reason, Q is still trying to convince Worf that he's mortal. He's like, well, look, would you? Would I let you lock me up if I were still omnipotent? If it served your purpose, yes. Yeah. You've fooled <laughs> us too often, blah, blah, blah. Then comes the best line. Yes, to tell me the story of the boy who cried Worf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> I always love that part. See, that's what I'm saying. This episode is so full of those just excellent little lines. I love it. It's probably okay, so, one of the but, best Q episodes just because you get so much of him in a different setting, kind of. Yeah. I should have said, he calls Worf a Romulan as he walks away. 
To which Worf pauses and goes, it ain't worth it, Worf. You, you want to make captain one day? And walks out. Uh, so we cut back up to uh, Picard's ready room, where he's pacing around, talking to Riker. Not about the actual problem at hand, but he's obsessing over the fuck Q's up to. God, did he... Do you see what he was wearing? Oh, God. Captain, he wasn't wearing anything. I know, right? <laughs> yes, I'll start calling you number two and him number one. <laughs> all right, so they're trying to figure out if Q's the one who caused the asteroid to start falling out of orbit and all that kind of stuff. And they're basically, they, they go through the process very quickly of like, well, look, if this is some sort of test, he's pulling shit on us. We can't know that anyway. He might be powerless or not. No matter what, we have to do what we're going to do anyway. So let's just fucking ignore him and do what we you know, do our best to fix the situation regardless of him, which I think is the smart thing to do. Yeah. They can't force Q to cooperate even if he can. Right. So they might as well just ignore him and move on with him, go on with themselves. Ah. Uh. All right. So they tried to move it with the, the tractor beam before, and it didn't work. So now Picard's got to tell him the bad news. We failed. <laughs> Catfish lips just look disappointed. It's like, dude, we got less than 25 hours before our planet's destroyed. Fucking think of something. What do we pay you for? In this moneyless society? Well, they like catfish pellets. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, of course, like, don't worry. We got another idea. We're going to try something. <laughs> and Rucker's like, we don't have any idea what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> All right, so suddenly uh, someone turns up the contrast way up, or turns down the contrast really low and the brightness up really high. Well, and you know, that's cheap. They're getting scanned with Berthold rays, which is, like, mentioned one other time, and apparently this writer really liked that. Okay. So they're being scanned? I mean, I guess. <clears throat> and they don't know where from... It's everywhere. And there's, and oh, the unmorphed Omega Rangers floating around Q. Yeah. So the thing that <clears throat> got Troy pregnant floats in and impregnates Q. Uh, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why he's so moody. Hormones. All right. So we get down to the brig, and there's a uh, rando no name face like, randomly pressing buttons on the L cars. Picard walks in and gives him a manly nod. Nod. <laughs> nod, yes. Acknowledgement, nod. Uh, okay. So, in this scene, I always thought it was weird. It's like Picard's standing in front of a green screen, but I guess he's not. Why would it be Picard standing in front of a green screen? I don't know. It's just where the lighting is. It looks like he's standing in front of a screen. Like, his lighting is so different than all the other lighting in the room. That's because he's standing in front of a powerful light source because they need something to show that the field is active without using a special effect. Oh, I thought they should have to glare off his head. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, he's complaining about being scared and, you know, when he starts whining about having to, to sleep and how terrifying that is and because like, oh, you'll fucking get used to it. Uh, okay. Yeah, like Picard, though, he's just the disgust in his fifth. Oh, you fell asleep. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Look, I got a moon I, falling out of the sky. Yeah, I am already so done with your shit. So, Q, smartly, though, starts up, like, kind of, uh, uh, 
applying to Picard's better nature. He goes, look, I need your help. You wouldn't just let some entity go without guidance. And then uh, Q's like, look, I've been around. I'm really smart. I may not be powerful, but I know lots of shit, so maybe I can help you with the whole moon thing. So you need me. Don't, like, you know, space me. You know I deserve it. <laughs> don't, let this, don't let this opportunity go unused. Right. I have knowledge locked up in this puny brain. <laughs> so, you know, he makes a pretty much a, a pretty good deal with Picard. So he calls Data down and goes, I say, who, who, <laughs> who pissed me off last? Ah, oh, yes, Data. This fucking butterfly bullshit. <laughs> hmm? I'll show him I'll show, Posa. I'll show what's not relevant at the moment. <laughs> Data, you babysit Q. Ha ha ha. For the remainder of his stay. Not just while he's yes. helping us. Forever. Right. Now get him a fucking uniform. He's now your superior officer. Data's like, wait, what? <laughs> Alright, so Data's going to take him down to engineering and see if they can... Oh, and it does make sense. Data is one who... It's the one that can't get annoyed. That's... Well, no, that, that is kind of the reason. And the one who Q can't <laughs> manipulate. Right. Yeah, because if there's anyone who's got rock-solid morality, I mean, Data's actually programmed with it. So, yeah, he can't trick him into doing something terrible. He can't even now, trick him into uh, not doing a... Uh, doing a... Uh, you know, a uh, communication that uh, is actually in the procedure. He will right. do everything by the book. By the book. So, here's another great line. Is that I was like, oh, I'm human, it sucks. Dave looks at him and goes, yeah, well, what you consider a punishment is what I've aspired to be my entire existence. So, fuck yourself. <laughs> Which I thought was another great line. Data just got to slide that in there. And then as they walked to engineering, they had this lovely little philosophical conversation. Yeah, and this is neat to see two non-humans talking about humans. Well, he's, he's a human now. All right, look here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your sass. Nobody needs my sass. <laughs> but it comes free with a meal. <laughs> it's like avocados at the border. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Here's your XV sass. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's like, they're talking about how disgusting humans are and how sloppy and everything. And Data's like, well, yeah, but that's part of the experience. And I don't get to cry or laugh. And that kind of sucks. Alrighty. So, yes, the moon will hit perigee in so many minutes. So, Jordy's trying all these... Paraguay? Yes, it's going to hit Paraguay Paraguay in a few minutes. Minutes or hours? I don't know. Are you watching this or am I? I thought you were watching this. (laughs) Look, I'm doing this completely from memory, so I don't know. (laughs) Look, the moon is on on its way to perigee. They need to be ready by the time it gets there so they can try to, you know, nudge it back into its proper orbit, which, as I pointed out earlier, is exactly backwards. Right. So they're over the pool table in uh, in engineering, and they're trying to figure stuff out, and uh, Q's kind of leaned over, looking very intently at the screen. He suddenly goes, That's incredible. My, uh, my back hurts. <laughs> it, uh, it hurts, and I don't like it. What's the right thing to say? Ow? Wow. 
Wow, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> to which Data and Jordy simultaneously say Al, which is adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. So they call down uh they call down for medical assistance and engineering. And this is the part I knew was gonna happen, but I didn't like it when it did. Uh well, we'll see. <clears throat> okay, so whatever. So Q is like, look, we we know what the situation is, but we don't know what caused it. Maybe you should be if you knew what caused it, maybe that make it easier to fix. You know, like a little black hole came through, or some sort of celestial body knocked it out of orbit, or whatever. And then we or can some dumb um, omnipotent asshole was uh, playing <laughs> around. You know, right. it's funny how that's the one possibility he never suggested. <laughs> yeah, like well, they, maybe the asteroid was on the other side of the eight ball, and they need to move it out of the way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, yeah, Q's just like, well, clearly you just changed the, the gravitational constant of the universe, and you'll be fine. Which <laughs> just pisses Jordy off. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm an engineer! Right, so how do we fix it? Simple. Change the gravitational constant of the universe. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can see the derisive look through the visor. Whoa. <laughs> That's well, funny because like... Jordy can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, after calling down for a you know, medical assistance, just routine medical assistance, the fucking main medical officer for the entire ship shows up. Look, it's a slow day. Apparently. Also, she and plus, Q was on the ship and did engineering. She wasn't going to pass this yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> she, she knew Q was around. She's going to go see this ship for herself. Yeah. I think it, but this scene is so weird to me because even Crusher's just bitchy. Oh, man. She is salty. Well, it's uh, Q. What does this fucker want? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, he says he hurt his back. She's like, uh huh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her eyes roll out to one of the warp nacelles and rolls back again. All right, so he's having muscle spasms. Uh... No, if, if this was on the uh, original series Enterprise, her. Uh... Eyes would have just replaced the those uh, spinny end caps. Yes. <laughs> the Bruce Art collectors, yeah. Now, I, now the... I need an Enterprise to put googly eyes on the engines. Uh, yes, that's that needs to happen. Yeah. All right. So Welcome. She start... <laughs> so she starts giving him a back massage. You know, a little more rough than she needs to. So Data walks over to Jordy, and they're trying to figure out. And Jordy, being a Starfleet engineer, which is the best job in the galaxy, realizes, wait a minute, maybe we can reduce the gravitational constant just of the asteroid. We can make it lighter. We can wrap our warp field around it, get it slightly into subspace, just enough to lower its mass where we can actually move it. I really like this concept. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. That's that's the thing I really always appreciate about this episode. The, The Q data thing is great. But I love in the background there is just this like really cool scientific concept rooted in both real science and the established and science the, of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean that means that to me the A plot and the B plot are so good they could have stood kind of on their own, I think. I mean, well, maybe not. I mean it's good, but I don't think the A plot could have stood on its own. What wait, which one's the A plot? <laughs> A, A for, for asteroid. asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> the A plot and the Q plot? Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> idiots. I mean, I think of this. Uh, all right. So Crusher's like, well, maybe you're hungry. Go go feed your fat face, which Don, John Delancey took really to heart over the next 20 years. 
look, it's not like he's going to listen to this. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his, but it's not like he's listening to it. So whatever. He's like, well, I've never eaten before. What do I do? It's not so like he got turned into Riker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Riker could have eaten John Delancey. Twice. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Come back for seconds. But yeah, Data takes Q to 10 forward. Yeah, and this is we get the little snippet here of Data going, well, I do eat. I eat that semi-organic nutrient suspension and oil or whatever. Just to help keep himself lubricated. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the Tasha Yar experience where he lost a lot of fluids, he's had to <laughs> replenish it. Yeah, all right. Um, Remember, I, do not fist androids. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Also, if it's my Android, I will do whatever the fuck I want to. Thank you very much. You strike me more as an iPhone guy, Scott. Well, it's got the soft round edges. <laughs> which I like. Um, and mine's kind of waterproof. But anyway, so Data's like, well, look, I don't know what you want to eat. What kind of mood are you in? Maybe that has something to do with it. Troy eats chocolate when she's you know, sad or whatever. So maybe you should have an ice cream sundae, a chocolate ice cream sundae. I love 10. <laughs> so he orders 10 of them. I mean, I kind of see the logic here. <clears throat> he's never eaten before in so his life. So he must be really hungry. Yeah. And he's yes. in a particularly foul mood. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is perfect three-year-old logic, and that seems completely applicable here. Yeah. And the bartender lady just goes, Okay. And then, like, has to go get help. Has to call in Joe from his day off. To, like, help her replicate fucking ten Sundays. How sad then, is it when you need help to replicate food? Well, it's a lot of buttons. <laughs> and they're voice activated. Can't you just, like, you know, order whatever the maximum capacity of the machine is at a time? Also, she's blonde. So, oh, you know, give oh, her that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, as we're sitting there, you suddenly feel the icy... I see stare of death on the back of his neck, <laughs> and we hear the Jaws music. Do, 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 do. And the weirdest slowly... looking fin come by. So Gumby, if he were red. <laughs> you know, I have a figure of Guinan in that outfit. Um, Did you make it yourself? No, that's the one they sold. Oh, okay. I, was, I, I don't know if it was like, you used like a broom and a bunch of pillows or something. I was about to get kind of concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Stop licking her where her eyebrows would be. I mean, you could make a gun out of basically any action figure. Just get a bag of pogs. What? Yeah, you like glue them. Yeah, you glue them on the hat. Oh, okay, right. So this is fucking awesome. So even Q is like, oh, I was not looking forward to this part. So he already knew this was going to happen. So Guiding comes slithering up like a cat on the prowl. Why did he let Data take him to 10 forward when that's literally the only place Guinan ever is? Yeah, well, he knew he knew so it was going to happen. playing racquetball. <laughs> or on right. the phaser range with Worf. Yeah. So Q claims to have an IQ of 2,000. Five. <laughs> so Guy is It like, is the oh, Q two thousand five. Look, I uh, have to know two thousand five does not have that much collective IQ. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I get that. <laughs> well, you can have it. So Guinan is just like, oh, motherfucker, you are mine now. She's like about to reach out and just crush his skull with her hand. Uh, so she's like, oh, you lost your powers, huh? And he's like, yep, but I'm really, really smart. 
Data looks over and helpfully is like, well, not everybody believes he's truly human. Cunning goes, oh, really? Well, I happen to have a test for that. <laughs> yes. She reaches behind Data, picks up a fucking fork, and stabs him in the hand with it. Yes. <laughs> Seems he human enough to me. <laughs> this is a dangerous creature. That's <laughs> an Elorian. Who cares? Yeah, they kind of really dropped the ball on that whole thing. I don't know. I did a good job of making her all mysterious and weird and mystic. And yeah, like, there just was never all any... they did is they just X Files it. They just created mystery with no real answers in their heads for what the hell they were doing in the first place. And so there was never any payoff for it. Right. All true. All true. So Gunn is like, yeah, you're a dick. You should be more like Data, because he's awesome. Yeah, I don't want to be like some robot. And he's like, nah, I'm an android, not a robot, you racist prick. So, I yeah, Gunn is, just, <laughs> is just rubbing it in his nose. He's mm-hmm. mortal, and he's going to pay for all the suffering he's caused in the universe. And, and right on cue... No. Right on God cue. damn it! On the, on the bar, <laughs> not on the cue. They set him on the bar. So right on, so right in his mouth. Right on time. Oh, that's what she meant. The ten ice cream. Yes, which is why I then right away said, "God damn it!" (laughs) I don't want to turn into paladin. Uh, Intro quote. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back up in the bridge. Uh. Worf is picking up a cloud of energetic plasma. Whoever's melted, dealt it. No. Now the sun's coming in closer. (laughs) Man, this plan is fucked. Yeah. So, it looks like some sort of life form. And it is. Well, yeah, it reads as some kind of life form. It just looks like, you know, paint smears on the camera lens. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they put the audio on, and Riker's face is, ugh, what is this? He has <laughs> the most, ew, kind of look. So the computer can't quite translate it. So whatever this glowy thing is, just, uh... Well, Guyna knows that's a calamarine. Cal- calamarine? Calamari? Cala, yeah. Uh, it, it shoots its wad right into 10-4, which engulfs Q, and makes him do the ants in the pants dance. Look okay, yeah. Itchy. But yeah, and it does send out the Omega Ranger again. <laughs> All right, so they go to Red Alert, and they start increasing power to the shields, trying to knock off whatever fucking energy is being shot into Q. Not working. Nope. And Q is doing the most oogie-boogie dance. Data goes up and tries to touch him, but he keeps getting shocked. Well, that's because Q's rubbing on the carpet so hard. Oogie-boogie. <laughs> down. I bet you could stick a balloon to his head at this point. <laughs> uh, all right, so they keep raising the shields, they change the harmonics, and uh, eventually they, they block the uh, block the beam or whatever. Q falls to the ground in a panic, starts screaming, Somebody help me! To which Guinan comes slithering up. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And people just keep mm-hmm. walking by, not even paying attention. Yeah, Probably because they were crew members the first time they ran into Q. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They remember the, the shit that he gave them last time? Or All the right, second. So they, yeah. Or the so third. 
So the Calamarain apparently are some sort of species that Q has fucked with in the past. They've realized he doesn't have powers and they come searching for him to get him. Uh, we cut up to the uh, to the meeting room. Uh, so Q can explain himself to the senior staff. You know, Q's been mortal for all of like two days. Those those plasma aliens are really well informed. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange too that they knew where he would be and knew that he lost his powers. Yeah, you kind of gotta think somebody tipped them off. Yeah, well, I think it was Crusher. <laughs> she sent out a general transmission. Yeah, Hippocratic out my ass. <laughs> I don't know. Is is she? Is was Q one of her patients at that time? Not anymore. Uh, Cal. All right, so he's just like, look, they're they're very intelligent, but they're but they're kind of you know flighty. And Picard's like, look, you clearly fucked with them. They somehow know that you're mortal, and now they're coming to get you. Gee, why would you come to us? Because you knew we would protect you? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and Riker like, correctly oh. points out, look, protecting you from everybody you've pissed off is going to be like a lifetime commitment. That's not yeah, what I, I signed on for. And Picard's like, yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. We're going to dump you off at the next firehouse we find. They can deal with your shit. Next firehouse? Well, you know, like an orphan. Oh, okay. I think I yeah. like the sandwich place. <laughs> no, we don't have those here, I don't think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so Picard just basically says, well, I don't care if you're human or not. Go fuck yourself. And then turns around and just goes, we're going to hand you over to him. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Felicia. So then Q is like, whoa, 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 wait, I'm human now. Now that I'm human, maybe I can learn to be a good person. To which Data chimes in and goes, well, he did help us vaguely with that one thing. And Troy's like, Data, you're defending this piece of shit? And Data's like, no, 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 I'm just stating a fact. I have to. So Picard goes, LaForge, what's your status? LaForge responds, still single, sir. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> you could have just checked Facebook. Yeah, space or the holodeck logs, <laughs> <laughs> the filters at the bottom of the. <laughs> oh, you never know. Right. He could have gone there for a three. Oh no, way, it's Jordy. All right. Even the holodeck creatures would like turn him down. All right. So, but he is saying, look, we've I've modified the warp engines to kind of engulf as much of the asteroid as possible with the warp field, so we can kind of get it in subspace just enough to lower its mass where we can move it, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'd love it. So they have, what, right. 14 minutes now to go and execute this lovely plan. Yes. All right, so uh, Q and uh, Data head back down to, as they do on the Enterprise D, they just, we have 14 minutes for something terrible happens. Let's slowly saunter through the corridors. I have to assume that with the turbo lifts, like, no point on the ship is more than, say, a minute and a half from any other point on the ship. Yeah. So once you are out in the corridors, it's generally safer to just, you know, <coughs> walk normally rather than run around the blind corners. <laughs> like what, the hall monitors? Stop running! Stop running! <laughs> well, what do you think uh, Data does when he's on the bridge? Yeah, it's true. He doesn't have to sleep. All right, so there's basically another, you know, humans are weird conversation. And Data is just basically like, look, you got to learn to work with other people, even small groups. Oh, I love this. And Q says, oh, it's hard to function in a group when you're omnipotent. Yeah, which is a good line. 
And, he, and again, just the Lancet, the way he delivers his lines. I mean, it's like it's just it's just him. It's so much joy watching him act. Picard doesn't think right. I can work with his little trained minions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Picard is talking to the catfish face people. And they're like, look, the thing's getting closer to the planet. Our tides are rising like 10 meters. The next time it goes around, we are fucked. You have got to do something. Picard's like, ah, calm your tits. We're working on it. Yeah, assuming, got a blind this is, dude. assuming this is an Earth-sized planet, give or take, the 500 yep. kilometers it's passing right now is just barely outside the atmosphere. Yep, which I think they actually mentioned. <laughs> uh, the next yeah. orbit, will, the next orbit, the atmospheric drag will bring it down. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's how close it is, which is awesome. Imagine what that looks like from the ground. Oh, it'd be so cool. Well, assume you're not underwater. <laughs> That'd be so cool, assuming, like, you know, you can get away when it comes down the next time. Right. So, now, here's the trick. Because the Enterprise has its shields up to protect it against the Calamarine, they can't use the tractor beam on the asteroid and extend the warp field around it to do what they got to do. So, they have to drop their shields and make themselves vulnerable if they're going to move this asteroid. At this point, I was kind of wondering, it's like, okay, look, the Calamarine have, like, literally attacked the Enterprise, it was a person on board, but still, they've, like, attacked the ship. I- I'm kind of surprised they didn't, like, shoot back or something. They were well within their rights to defend themselves, I think. I wonder if they would how even be you, effective. How do, what, what happens if you shoot plasma? Explode? What? I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, they have, like, photon torpedoes, which have kinetic explosiveness that can blow up. They have phasers, which, you know, unfazes things. I mean, I would tend to assume that a plasma-based life form like this could just kind of shift themselves around whatever faster than the speed of light though because keep in mind that that photon torps and uh phaser beams are super luminal uh photon torpedoes travel at warp speed if launched at warp speed they don't travel at warp speed from a standstill and if phasers are a particle beam they're not necessarily quite light speed no, well, no, because that's I mean the, the the distances that ships have. I'm pretty sure at least phaser beams are super luminal. They don't move at the speed of light because if you're like, because ship combat happens at hundreds and thousands of kilometers away, so like you could just miss really easy. Yeah, I think that's why they use photon torpedoes at long range and not phasers. Hmm. I want to say you're wrong, but I, I can't back that up yet. So I'm going to look this up and prove you wrong later. Good luck. So you're on my you're on my list, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to nerd slap you as soon as I can. So don't sleep well tonight. I don't. All right. So the moon has reached its minimum orbital distance. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm now I'm sad. <laughs> That's how you get out of fights. You make the other person pity you enough. They don't want to get you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my scabies. <laughs> Intro quote. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't put your guy in glasses, would you? If it was you. <laughs> yeah, when I was wearing glasses, I deserved to be punched pretty much every day. <laughs> hey, Mickey can attest to that. Sure. How many times did uh, Mick- hey, Mickey punch you when you were wearing glasses? Well, not not physically, but emotionally, several <laughs> times. Hey, Mickey Again, would never bruise his fists like that. No. Well, I'd, I'd use a woggle. <laughs> what? <laughs> A wobble? Woggles. Oh, a woggle. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the pool noodles. My God, he's a fucking devastator, the pool noodle. 
he goes to war. They're not going to issue him an M4 and an M16. It's like, here's your poodle, sir. <laughs> Smack. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> becomes immune to damage, charges up, and then takes your head off. <laughs> uh, anyway, Star Trek. And vodka. Lots of vodka. All right. Uh, so, yeah, now they're figuring out, oh, shit, we have to lower our shields. So Picard's like, yeah, fine, do it. Uh, all right, Worf, just keep an eye on them. And Worf's like, yeah, I got it. Motherfucker, I know what I'm doing. I don't have a chair, but I know what I'm doing. All right, so down in engineering, Q, being alpha male, starts trying to take control of the situation. goes, okay, listen up, everybody. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> I just love how pissed Jordy gets at Q. Well, you know, it's Jordy's one real chance in life to assert himself. Yeah. Q, and shut best- your fucking face and sit down. And the best he can do is, like, you know, just steeple his fingers in front of his waist like he normally does. <laughs> Very calmly and demurely. Uh, all right, so he gives Q the job of modulating the uh, the warp field or something to make sure it stays in the right thing or something. I don't know. Uh, Data helpfully points out that, that Jordy believes that he's command here. And he is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. So now we're kind of hitting the uh, the do or die moment of the episode. <laughs> so it's like it's all tense. There's all these lights flashing everywhere, and you know it's That's all the tense. most staffed engineering has been in months. Yeah, and There's Q is just people. resting his uh, head on the console. <laughs> yeah, he's just like looking bored, resting his his elbow on the console. <laughs> Jordy has to smack him. He didn't have to smack him. Uh true. true. But nobody told him he couldn't smack him. Right. So we get a neat graphic of uh, the warp field being extended into the asteroid a little bit on one of the screens, which is cool. Unfortunately, as you can see from this display, they're not quite encompassing the whole asteroid. Right, right. Uh, which makes sense. I mean, uh, apparently this thing is it's big enough to be a moon, so it's still pretty fucking big. So Q points out that the two parts of the asteroid will have different inertial densities or something like that. Sure. Which is probably not proper science wording, but, you know, it gets the idea across. It's 24th century science. I'll allow it. And Q is like, look, if you do this, you're going to make the whole thing crumble. It's going to be a different harmonics, and you try to move it, and one piece is going to move the other isn't, and you're going to crumble the whole thing. You don't know what you're doing. And I, mean, I don't like, think well, he's wrong, honestly. Right. Jordy, though, is so proud of his ship. He's like, no, 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 fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what my girlfriend, I mean, my ship can do. <laughs> he had to correct himself because he doesn't have a girlfriend. Right. Because the ship rejected him, too. <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't have an EMH she's like please take the nature of the medical emergency oh shit not you again <laughs> Major Barrett just announces no Jordy I said no <laughs> Insufficient now is this before or after uh, he made, he had the uh, chip's computer make him a, a holodeck girlfriend oh this is long before he was building up to that point Season three. I don't remember when that one was. Early season three. Is it? No. Okay. Whatever. So the thing is starting to work, though. They've actually lowered the mass just enough the asteroid. They can move it just enough to keep it uh, from smashing into the planet. And other would have worked beautifully, as it turns out, except... Except Except they're on the wrong end of the orbit. Okay, apart from that... (laughs) (laughs) Except for Worf being an asshole raises the shields for no reason without being told to. 
I think I think you get court-martialed after this. The way I read the scene was that the shields automatically engaged when the you know the threatening object approached the ship. Oh, so he was just reading out what was on his display panel. Yeah. He was just repeating what the computer said. That's what he does most of the time, right? Yeah. All right. That's well, so anybody takes him seriously. All right, shields up. The Calamaran are attacking. And they will get this fucking rad shot of the Enterprise D being pulled down to the atmosphere of the planet. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love Spaceship so much. Oh, it is. It's fucking rad looking. So the whole temperature starts shooting. good looking in the original version, too. Yeah. All right. So they're being attacked by the Calamarine. They're falling into a planet's atmosphere. Uh, an asteroid's about to crash into the planet. They have a defunct Q on board. I mean, there's all kinds of awesome shit happening in this episode, and it all, like, fits together. Ah, oh, I love it. So there's a flash of light, and they're basically blasting through the shields, and they're just going right to engineering trying to get to Q. And Jordy's like, look, grabbed him. Yeah, Jordy's like, look, we don't have any more power. we got tractor beams, we got shields, we're trying to not fall into the fucking atmosphere. Like, there's not much we can do. So... <laughs> <laughs> Shoot the fuzzy wuzzies at Q again. He starts doing the hokey pokey. <laughs> wiggity wiggity woo. Well, then they start like lifting him up into the air. Right. So we get a, a just a upshot of his crotch and the moose knuckle. <laughs> Data going for a better look grabs him by the ankles <laughs> and starts getting electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he started getting Emperor Palpatined. No, he got Darth Vadered. <laughs> no, <laughs> do it. All right, so so they pull up out of the atmosphere, which happens off camera, which kind of annoys me. Uh, they get the shields back up. They block the Hecion beam. Uh, Q falls to the ground, hurt. Data falls to the ground, electrocuted, uh, and both of them are unconscious. Ah, shit. Data, no, no data. All right, so they've got uh, data in medical bay. Which is weird to me. I mean, didn't he? Doesn't he have like a place in the engineering lab? Maybe they didn't have that set set up yet. Yeah, maybe. All right. So anyway, they got him in the med bay, and there's like fucking twenty people in here. What the hell? Uh, so yeah, they're like, look, if he was a human being, he would have been. I, I think it's the people curious to see what he looks like on the inside. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, Tasha would have been there, but she already knew, and she's dead. He's actually kind of ribbed, kind of like a like a fleshlight. Anyway, um, so yeah, don't, yeah, so Q is just like yeah, whatever. And Picard's like, oh, you don't give a shit about a guy who just saved your life. And he's like, man, he's strong. He'll survive. He's fine. But more importantly, what about me? <laughs> yes. All right. So they're trying to start to techno babble data back to life. <laughs> and Crusher's like, get the fuck leave. out. <laughs> And then the 98-pound weakling security guy comes over who's a foot shorter than Q to push him away. <laughs> what is with TNG having the wimpiest security guys? All right. So they quickly realize, well, shit, what are we going to do now? We push the moon a little bit just for another orbit. As soon as we try this again, the Calamarain are going to zap us again. So what the fuck do we do? Rocket are going, I don't know, man. I'm just an officer. I don't have any idea. So well, Q I shows he, I up. I think he at, does helpfully submit. Q's not worth it. Yeah, just give him over. Which I agree. Fuck him. So Q uh, 
comes uh, comes bulging onto uh, the car's <laughs> ready room. I mean, the, his crotch gets there about two seconds before the rest of him does. <laughs> if he didn't move too quick, the door was shut on it. Anyway. Ow. Yeah. They're very soft, though. It's nice. Uh, so Picard's sitting there sipping his tea and just looks oh so annoyed when he comes in. He's just like, oh, motherfucker. Haven't we seen enough of each other today? No, literally. Well, at least sitting down this time. So Q very respectfully sits on Picard's desk. <laughs> I'm an omnipotent ass print right here in your glass. But not the first time. I don't know. Not, yeah, not this time. He's not omnipotent right now. <laughs> uh, so Q just comes to realize that, look, look, if Data hadn't saved my eyes, I would be dead. I would be gone. Nobody would have missed me. Everybody hates me. I think I'm going to go eat worms. <laughs> very well. No, but I mean, this is kind of a it's a very dark scene because, like, there's everything but the outright statement that Q is basically planning to go kill himself. And Picard goes, good. <laughs> Do it. Make it so. So, yeah, Q feels ashamed that he, you know, is so selfish and wouldn't have done the same thing for Data been had the roles been reversed. And Picard very heavily goes, you're not going to get any absolution from me, motherfucker. You still are a shithead. <laughs> I'm a coward, and I'm miserable, and I can't go on like this. And generally, the person you just called your only friend thinks you're a piece of shit, so yeah, bye Yeah, he just gets up off of the desk and walks out, and Picard doesn't say a word. Nope. Picard's a real dick in this scene. Yeah, kind of. I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame him, uh, just for the record. But he is a complete douchebag. Yes, he's afraid of everything. Well, I don't know. How many times has uh, Q endangered everyone on the crew? Oh, no, no, no. Like I said, he's justified. Totally justified. <laughs> just, so he sips the tea. He's like, but that's none of my business, and sips his tea. <laughs> it's very British of him. Mm-hmm. So you go Very back British down. of the French man. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the English <laughs> accent. Uh-huh. So Q comes down to, uh, to the med bay and uh, talks to Data, who's now up and conscious, but unable to speak because they haven't reconnected all of his circuits yet. And uh, I like that deer in the headlights look that Data has. Um, <laughs> Q goes on this little soliloquy about there are so many entities in the universe that would see you as like the most perfect beam because you don't have any fear, you don't have any emotions to slow you down. You know, I can definitely see why people would be envious of you, but just so you know, you're a hell of a lot better human than I am. And then walks out. To Data looks over and goes, y'all niggas see that? <laughs> Yeah, and he turns his head a little bit too far, and you can see the power cable running the uh, blinky lights on the other side of his head. Oh, really? <laughs> well, he's in the turbo lift and has a short conversation with us. Like, hey, where do you keep the shuttle craft? <laughs> in the shuttle bay. Okay, take me there. <laughs> uh, IQ of 2005, huh? <laughs> it's like, what's the soup du jour? That's the soup of the day. That sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> All right, so apparently they keep the keys in the fucking ignition on shuttlecrafts. Well, you know, IQ of 2005, he can probably figure out how to start up a shuttle. Well, he learned how to use a fucking turbo lift. I'm sure they're comparable. <laughs> so, yeah, so back on the bridge, Worf's like, hey, someone's stealing one of our shuttlecrafts. So instead of, like, lock on tractor beam or teleport it back, he goes, ah, show me on the screen. Oh, that's nice. It's a shuttle. <laughs> it can't go far very fast. They've got, got time to deal with themselves. this. Motherfucker, it can go warp. 
So surprising no one, it's Q. And Picard's like, bring me back my ship. <laughs> my favorite shuttlecraft. Look, if All you right, want to so go the... out there so bad, we will give you a spacesuit. Leave the ships here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we got a perfectly good airlock right over here. <laughs> All right. So Q's just like, look, I ain't doing it. I'm coming back. I'm going to them. I don't want to be rescued. I'm committing suicide because being alive sucks. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. I envy him. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mickey. How you doing? Well, he's not doing a podcast for one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I forgot did... you were still here. Oh, Jesus. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> You know, Q's shuttle is not too dissimilar from Mickey's car. It, well, I think the shuttle's actually rounder, more dynamic. Yeah, um, a little bit. Hey, Fort Max, if you find hey, Mickey's tail, could you nail it back on for him? That's Ben's job. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so the uh, the energy cloud, the Mariposians, or whatever the fuck they're called. That's Spanish for butterfly. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't see the, how that's relevant right now. Actually, um, starts overtaking the shuttlecraft, and it comes back to Picard, and just with disgust in his voice, is like, "Oh, I have to save him, don't I?" Okay, okay, come right. up with an excuse. Come up with an excuse. Uh, yeah, rescue the, the shuttlecraft. Shuttle <laughs> yeah, transport the entire shuttlecraft back to its bay. I didn't realize they had oh. a transporter buffer big enough for that. Yeah, that's pretty fucking rad. <laughs> that's one of the big shuttles, too. Yeah. <laughs> it cuts over to Riker, who's sitting bolt straight up with the... Are you fucking serious? <laughs> his eyebrows up? <laughs> the look in his face is so funny to it's me. It's a perfectly good shuttle. doesn't even have 100,000 light years on it yet. <laughs> the look on Riker's face of like... Are you fucking sure about this? Okay. <laughs> just the shuttle. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, just the shuttle. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I can't lock onto it. And Rucker's like, well, wait a minute. Is it the Calmarine? He's like, no, but they're moving towards it. All right, we'll extend the shields. I can't do that either. Hey, Jordy, how about a tractor beam? Nope. No can do. <laughs> Riker gets, like, pissed. Like, slams his fist down the console. Why isn't anything working? To which Troy, like, reflexively winces. You know, like a beaten wife. Alright, so back into the little shuttle. Q's sitting there at the console, just sulking over the over the, over the the controls. Where a, a Q just appears through one of the bulkheads. As Qs are wont to do. Yeah, hilariously wearing the same clothes that Q's wearing now. <laughs> Now, I don't know who this guy is, but man, he's this motherfucker. He's, well, yes, but he is awesome. I love the way he portrays Q. That's that's Corbin Burnson. That, holy shit, that is Corbin Burnson. How did I not recognize that? Especially when he was in the credits. Well, I don't, I don't read so good. <laughs> and this is a programmer here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> IR programmer. I don't need two spells. California's best illiterate programmer. <laughs> Uh, so this is fantastic. This is just a great scene with two Qs talking to one another. And Corbin Burnson Q, Q2, is... Uh, nope, just Q. In the credits, he's well, Q2. Thank you, XV, for backing me up on that. <laughs> but, no, he is just Q. Yeah, Fort Max. 
Oh, See, but, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, clearly, they would all know which he was which. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they know everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he goes on and goes, am I detecting a teensy little bit of selflessness? Are you doing something slightly heroic once? And Q's like, fuck off. I want to die. So, he, so Q2 is just like... He's kind of rolling his eyes because like, Q is just not catching on here. Right. Yeah. So, And you know that those assholes on the ship that are still trying to save you, even though you're a complete piece of shit, right? He's like, I don't care. I just want to die. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's nice that Qs can irritate each other just as much as Qs irritate humans. Yes. And I, I want... I want. Oh, man. Corbin Britson's fantastic in this scene. <laughs> He so should have been a Q in Voyager. Yes, he should have. No doubt. So anyway, he's basically like, look, they tried to beam me off and I stopped them. They tried to do this to save you and I stopped them again. So basically I've stopped them from saving you just so I could talk to you. So now keep in mind, you did do something a little heroic to which finally gets Q's ego going and goes, yep, I kind of did. Well, just the so, gears start turning in Q's head and he realizes what's about to happen. Right. Yeah. Q2 says, well, look, now I have to go back and tell everybody that you've learned your lesson and, you know, now we're to let you back oh, in. Oh, no, there's the whole thing of, I always knew you were on my side. Well, actually, I'm the one who threw you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the dynamic between Corbin Burnson and John Delancey is actually really strong. It, it really they, is. They play they, so well together. Yeah, I I need more... <laughs> I need more stuff with the both of them. <laughs> Agreed. Is Corbin Burnson even still alive? On fanfiction.net, I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they snapped their fingers and all their clothes came off. Ooh. All right. So Q, now with his powers back, snaps his fingers, pops on a red captain's uniform, holds out the palm of his hand, which... He teleports the, the, the Mariposans or whatever, and the Calmarine. That's Spanish for butterfly. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts the Calmarine in the palm of his hand and starts like looking at him like, oh, you thought I was a dick to you before. Just wait till you see what I'm going to do to you now. So Did you see the bulge head. I had as a human? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that draping over the three continents of your planet. Do they even have a planet? I don't know, but he's going to try to teabag it anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Q2 pops his head and goes, we're still watching you, asshole. <laughs> That's right. Then he just, you know, blows them away. Uh, it probably, to the, probably to the Delta Quadrant or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to M33, Galaxy M33. <laughs> All right. To the Borg, just so the Borg can try to assimilate them, like, fruitlessly forever. That would be entertaining. <laughs> it would. All right, so back on the Enterprise, they realize, well, the aliens are gone. And the shuttle. Uh, and, and the shuttle is gone. And Q was gone. Picard goes, well, I guess that's into Q. Wipes his hands on his pants, goes back to his chair. Then we have a solemn, dignified fade to black as a wait. Nope. <laughs> no, instead we get <laughs> the, the best Austin scene man. in all of Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. <laughs> And like, if you look at the background, you see Worf, his head bowed, just shaking his head like, uh -huh. oh. yeah. <laughs> so this has almost Q's turned into Worf's perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's coming up soon. So Q starts blowing his horn right in the Picard's face. Picard's sitting there with his hands on his hips, like a stern father. Cigar, cigars appear in the mouths of Riker and Picard. Rucker's just kind of like, I'll, I'll save that for later. 
cue of her joys, her saying, oh, I'm omnipotent again. Rucker's like, swell. swell. <laughs> so now that he has his powers back, he tells The entire time the Moriarty band is still playing. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as we're standing there, Q snaps his fingers and, and two Dabo girls appear on Riker's sides. Okay, and now this is the best thing, because Riker then is just immediately like, I don't need your fantasy women Q, to which I always mentally add, I can create my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You get some serious side boob in that blonde one, though. So they teleport away and then appear right on, on onto Worf's sides, who just goes, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene, you see them, they get big bite marks on their cheeks. <laughs> And a lot of furniture is suddenly broken. Right. <laughs> My ottoman. Well, see, that's that's why Worf doesn't have a chair. <laughs> no, no, it's the women that throw the furniture. That's the implication of the joke for it, Max. Uh, well, I'm saying that it got thrown before, and that's oh. why. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, there's, like, Tashi Yar butt prints on the console about hip level, and they're like, ah, we got to get rid of the furniture, we got to wipe this down, no more furniture for him. All right, so I'm enjoying this, and Picard's like, I don't like it. Stop. So the women disappear, to which Worf now has giant bridge blue balls. The Marichi band disappears, and now, <laughs> now he's standing there in a captain's uniform, to which Picard looks at and just rolls his eyes. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Now, Q, at the risk of sounding rude. (laughs) GTFO. (laughs) So, as a parting gift, right before he leaves, he has a special gift for his new best friend, Data. Look, Q, if you're wanting to turn me human... And he goes, no, 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 no. I would not do that to somebody that I actually like. (laughs) (laughs) So, just a little going away present. Yes, and then you get the uncomfortably long sequence of Data just sitting there laughing his ass off. Which is yeah. which is awesome, though. So Again, Brent Spiner being a great actor, he's like, starts kind of doing it, he, he looks confused, and then does it, looks confused, and then just busts out with that creepy-ass yeah. Brent Spiner laugh. With that creepy-ass Brent Spiner face. Yes. And then... I want, I want someone to dub over Data there with the Titus <laughs> laugh from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. All right. And Jordy, just being the biggest buzzkill, Buzz Killington over here. Data, what are you laughing at? Data, why are you laughing? Which immediately kills the mood, and Data just has to have the sad realization that I don't know. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Jordy. Thanks for just harshing that buzz. (laughs) Yeah, he could have kept laughing forever if nobody questioned it. Right. Just like running off a cliff. You just... (laughs) He'll help a little umbrella and then fall after five seconds? Well, no, if you don't look down, you don't realize that you're not not standing on anything and you can just keep going forever. Right. So speaking of catfish lips... Oh, right. uh, The aliens uh, hail, which mainly just pops on the screen and goes, Oh, thanks for moving the moon. You guys rock. Appreciate it. Because like, oh, yeah, um, we totally did that. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Yep, that was us. Mm-hmm. Captain Picard, you've done it. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now the asteroid moon is in a perfectly circular orbit uh, at 55,000 kilometers, and it is in 
no danger of ever falling on the planet ever again forever. Yes, because Q gave it an impossibly perfect orbit. Yep, which is clearly artificial, which, you know, people from star systems around are going to know something hinky happened here. <laughs> All right. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So maybe there's a residue of humanity in Q after all. You. <laughs> what was Ensign? Q up to? In gate. Oh, cigar. So a cigar appears in Picard's hand, and a little floating head of Q goes, "Nope, I'm still a dick." Ha ha ha. End credits. <laughs> wah wah wah. Alrighty. Well, that was Deja Q. Yeah. Well, that was Deja Q. So next week we're going to be doing Deja Q, right? Yeah. Yes. And now, and you'll have to do the summary. Right. Yep. That's okay. He can just go back to the recording and recite everything we said through this episode. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense for him to go, Dad, I'm Scott, I'm a nerd, let's talk about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, right? Oh, right in the ear. This week, the role of Scott is portrayed by Hey Mickey. <laughs> this week, <laughs> the role of Chris is portrayed by Hey Mickey. <laughs> this week, the role of Chris is portrayed by Hey Mickey. <laughs> uh, well, I thought it was a fantastic episode, which I don't really think is in debate here. But man, just it's so tight. It all yeah, works you think it's a fantastic well. episode? No debate. Well, but did you not like it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite sure how to take that. We're. <laughs> yes. Not argue that that's your opinion. We all know that's your opinion. We agree <laughs> that that is your opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, any any episode with Q is a good episode. Is it? Not in Voyager. Uh, well, any any TNG episode is a good episode. How about that? Well, there was that one episode from season six. Where there was the teenage girl Q, that one was kind of awful. What about oh, the one where he gave Riker Q powers and they fought revolutionary soldiers on the empty planet? Yeah, that was weird, but also just kind of lame. That was, was like a right. soundstage. Yeah, well, I mean, all the planets were a soundstage. But that well, one was like that was an exceptionally soundstagey planet. I mean, like a, I mean, it was original series quality soundstage. Well, that also wasn't uncommon in the first season, but no, I I would just assume that, you know, Q made a planet and just didn't put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Look, it's a lot of work to make a sky. Just here, have a back wall. Right. Have a mural. <laughs> yeah, like the Deep Space Nine episode last week. Right. Have a, a fresco. <laughs> uh... Planet Fresco 6. Yeah. Planet Fresca. Ugh. Undrinkable. <laughs> Grapefruit oceans. Oh my god, they're all carbonated. <laughs> Interesting. Carbonated oceans. You couldn't have boats on it because they would just sink because there's not enough like <laughs> tension to like hold the boat up. <laughs> well, the bubbles would keep them supported. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, like how this, it raises straws up. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and the dolphins would just keep jumping out burping. <laughs> <laughs> The, when whales come up to breathe, it makes the, the soda pop top noise. <laughs> so long, thanks for all the. <laughs> Sorry. 
that's excellent. So <laughs> next people. week, yeah, what do we do next week? Uh, next week we're doing DS9 Profit and Lace. Isn't that well, the one where looks... they uh, give Quark the sex change operation? Yes. Oh yes. I have always hated that episode. Good. <laughs> Good. Maybe you'll do the fucking summary then. Now that seems exceptionally unlikely. All right. I don't know why. Okay. You do... Which season is this? Six. I think. And what's what's it? What's the name of it? Something profit, profit and lace. Profit and lace. Profit and Lace. That is twenty three on Netflix. All right. Okay. I'll add that to the online document because I know everyone reads it and relies on it every yes. week. Yep, because I totally didn't forget for six months that we had it. <laughs> Even though I made it. Yes. Yay, me. <laughs> Yay, XV. 